This is a sound purchase. A podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode 12. Spirit Machines 2020 release. Feel again. That's it. I had a bloke at work saying June to me the other day and I was thinking, what about it? It was two months ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, did you see the June trailer? No, I lived it, mate. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Passive aggressive. I did see the uh, Dune trailer. Yeah. Looks all right. You know? Yeah. Uh, They sunk a lot of money into that. Uh, yeah, well, they keep sinking yeah. lots of money into into Dune uh, mm. things, and they never seem to work out well. So I'm not holding out much hope for it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, um, I mean, I'd love to be surprised. You know, mm. prove me wrong. Um, whoever it is that's making this new one, um, but I can't I remember. Don't have honest, high hopes. But yeah. Well, Sting's um, not in it. Well, what's the point then? I've got Sting. They've got Karl McLaughlin's still back, still playing like a 14-year-old kid, right? In the yes. Books, wasn't he like 14 or 15 or something? I don't know. I've never read it. Oh, I've got it somewhere and I started it and it just goes on and on yeah. and on. It's just like, ah. Oh. I've heard it like once you've slogged through the beginning, it gets really good, but I don't want to just slog through the beginning. No. Well... Then in other news, the mm. Batman trailer. That looks really good. I've been yeah. saying I've been saying since day one though, Rob Robert Patterson's a brilliant choice. Sorry, uh, did you say Robert Batterson? Battinson, yes. <laughs> Batfleck uh, and Batterson. I, mean, I didn't, but uh that is what I'm calling yeah. him from now on. I mean, oh, absolutely. I, I thought Batfleck was a good choice, and I still think he, he was a good choice. Oh, he's an yeah. awesome choice. He was I, an awesome choice. I really choice. rated Batfleck. Shame he just had bad films to work with. Well, let's see. We've got the four-hour Snyder Cut coming. I don't think it's going to be able to make it good, to be honest with you. I think I, they're sinking a lot of money back into it again. Why? Just cut your losses. Do oh, something but that else. was particularly bad. Let the guy have his vision actually put forward. No. Rather than firing him halfway through the thing after his, I think, was it his daughter committed suicide? And then he got the sack. Yeah, I think, yeah. Directly after that, pretty much. And then they hired Joss Whedon, who apparently was abusing the actors. That sounds about right. I think they just want to put that whole episode behind them and pretend that it never happened. And the way they want to go about doing that is by bringing him back in to do his cut. And what, Joss Whedon? <laughs> just, no, Zack Snyder. They, Whedon cut. No, no, no. They're going to, they're going to, basically, <laughs> they're going to pretend that they never fired Zack Snyder, is what I reckon. They're just going to be like, I don't know what happened to those three years. No, <laughs> no, nothing. Yeah. Anyhow, oh, we're man. not here to discuss superheroes as such. We are here today uh, on a sound purchase. We are discussing the Spirit Machines. They Mm. slid into our DMs, actually, and charmed us into listening to their new record, Feel Again. Never say that again. (laughs) And uh, long story short. coming from you. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Am I I not hip enough? Uh, No. (laughs) No. Okay. They wrote us an electronic message and charmed us into listening to their new record feel again Mm. so long story short people we're open to bribery and flattery yeah Yeah. absolutely we're really fortunate to have another guest on the show today Mm. dave crespo the guitarist of the spirit machines has sent us in some audio all the way from the usa Mm. don't worry we've covid tested it's been quarantined (laughs) <laughs> and we can declare that this audio is now COVID-free. Yes. From time to time, you're going to hear a thick, luscious accent from America <laughs> chiming in with first-hand knowledge. Yeah. That is neither Jake nor myself, but instead Dave Crespo of the Spirit Machines. During the lockdown, 
The band released a mashup cover of Led Zeppelin's Kashmir and Tool's Sober, entitled Zoba. What was it like to find out that Tool had seen your work, let alone shared it to their own fans? Well, I don't know. It's it's um, to be noticed by someone like Adam Jones because he's the like directly the person that hit us up to be like, "This is sick. Uh, thanks for making our day awesome," or his day. That's what he said to us. What is it like? Um, well, it's two things. One, you're like, dude. I just got like validated by a, a hero of mine. So on one level, it's like, yeah, you're validated. But then on, on another level, then you're just like, now I have to be better. Um, so I spent a lot of the summer trying to to do many things to get become a better guitar player. Why Zoba? I would like. Uh, I guess because Zeppelin, Cashmere. What a song! What a track! Great song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Zoba, at the time of this recording, has over 131,000 views on YouTube. That's a lot of views. was shared by Tool Social Media, which is quite cool. Yeah. Nice. High praise. It would be, you know, it would be awesome to know that Neil Finn, or perhaps his lordship Peter Gabriel, had heard my work, let alone like it and share it. Well, you know, um, they might not be doing much else in lockdown. Get it out on Instagram. I was going to say, I was watching just before we did this, a, uh, it was Salisbury Hill, actually, a live thing where they'd oh, mashed yeah? a load of the footage from various live shows together. It's all right. Oh, was it the, the live DNA track? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That was it. Quite cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. He's He did that with So as well, except he did it with all the demos. So the song, like, Sledgehammer starts as just the very first mm. impetus of a demo and over the course of the song each new section builds up into the next demo into the next demo and finally finishes with the actual track it's kind of cool that's pretty cool cool to hear it that way but anyway my david uh, not my david my peter gabriel story i was uh, coaching rugby this morning with a under eights team that i coach and one of the other coaches is a roadie that's his full-time job obviously He's not having such a great time at the moment, but he was wearing a Peter Gabriel shirt. And of course, I had to compliment. I had to say something. And he said, oh, Pete, yeah, I, I know Pete. I've done like five tours with him. I could ring him up if you want. <laughs> and I, I politely declined and told him a very reduced version, a condensed version of how I've basically shot myself in the foot and I'm in Peter Gabriel's bad books for the remainder of both of our lives i don't know if Peter gabriel's gonna clock you know, if he clocked you in the street i don't think like that's the guy that's the i guy think he'd chase me question. down the street yeah <laughs> he'd actually cross the street and start running after me yeah i mean who who has the the courage i guess if you will to uh insult their hero face to face you know i doubt many people that talk to peter gabriel kind of get real with him if that's getting real, I bet most people are like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Which was the route you could have gone down. It was um, the route that I tried to go down, but instead I called him a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> We've been for it. What will happen, yeah. you'll, uh, you'll get in your car after work and you'll just be there in the back seat. Silenced <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. pistol. <laughs> yeah. A garrot. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Peter. Don't say anything. Just drive. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I thought that what we could do to start off today, because uh, the band have done so well with their mashup, we're going to start off with a bit of a game, Jake. You're up for it? Right. Okay. Yeah. I've got you playing for a listener. We've had a few listeners come in. I put a message out. We've had a few listeners, friends of the show, if you will, come oh, back. And, the show. Uh, they've uh, volunteered for us to play this game for them 
I'll be right. the quiz master, you're the contestant. Right. And you can win all sorts of swag for the contestant. Such as? Well, uh, uh, you can't just say a load of swag and not give examples, man. Was it like a speedboat? It's always a speedboat, isn't it? It's Bully's special prize. I'll, I'll tell you the listeners' name first. You today, Jake, are playing for David Evans. David Evans. from Dublin, Ireland. Okay. Good luck, right, David. I'll try not to let you down, David. Yeah. You've been a busy what, boy what? while I've been offline, haven't you? I know, I know. What can I say? I'm, I'm excited. Well, what would you say, Jake, is a fair amount out of 10 to get right? Um, oh, I mean, like, well, what's your normal pass mark? Like 80%? So we'll go for... You want to get eight right for David to get the swag bag? Oh, right. No, I want to get like two. <laughs> two? Oh, no, that's way too easy. Should we, should we split it down the middle? Yeah, we'll go for five. If you can get five right... He can't get the then... full swag bag, though. He's got to get, like, incrementally better swag. Oh, we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Um, so, David, your, your swag bag is going to be a sound purchase T-shirt, a sound purchase shot glass, a sound purchase sticker, and a signed card from both Jake and I with lipstick kisses. <laughs> and a little spray from our own personal colognes. Oh, yeah, but... <laughs> But both of our clones mixed together. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jake, here's what's going to happen. I've got a list of 10 song names. You're going to need to decide, just based off the song name, is it Tool? Mm. Is it Zeppelin? Yep, okay. It's worth pointing out at this point, I'm I'm not a massive fan of Tool. And I'll be crucified for this. I'm not a massive Led Zeppelin fan. <laughs> David Evans in Dublin, don't hold out your hope here, mate. It's yeah, it's not going to be as, as as easy for me as as he's making it sound like it's going to be. You're doing me a solid. I don't have to go down to the post office. Um, <laughs> That's so, the plan all along, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to tell you a song, and if you get it right, if it's Led Zeppelin, for instance, you are going to hear this. <laughs> Or if it's Tool, you are going to hear this. Okay? Okay. You just need to tell me Led Zeppelin or Tool. Okay. Okay. First one. Good times, bad times. Well, that's Led Zeppelin. Second one. Sober. <laughs> oh, oh, ooh, I wonder. <laughs> that's, that's definitely Tool. Uh, bring it on home. Zeppelin. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Uh, Zeppelin again, I'm going to say. Third eye. Uh, tool. The Battle of Evermore. Well, that's that's Zeppelin. Number seven, Schism. That is Tool. Number eight, Over the Hills and Far Away. Teletubbies come out to play. Um, Over the Hills and Far Away, Once I'm going to say that's a Zeppelin. Number nine, Invincible. Invincible. And it's not Muse, by the way. Um... I'm going to guess Tool. And then the final one, Jake, the hardest one of the lot. Number 10. Is it Stairway to Heaven? No. It may as well be, really. (laughs) The Pot. The Pot? Yeah. Zeppelin? Ooh. Afraid that is a Tool song. Ooh. Thanks for making me look good, though. No, that's right, though. David Evans in uh, Dublin, Ireland. Get in contact with us again with your shipping details and we will get our swag bag full of kissed cards and aftershave sprayed stuff to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the band hails from Salt Lake City in Utah, United States of America. Yep, pretty cool place. 
I I know it from the Winter Olympics at one time and uh, Book of Mormon. Uh, that's about yeah, all my experience. I was going to say the City. Neil Peart across most of his books has shared a bit of a uh, enthusiasm for the for the kind of the Mormon faith, if you will. They recorded the record in Boston, where I believe guitarist Dave is actually from. Wow. Also in the band is singer lyricist Pepper Rose who has a master's in chemistry from MIT and is employed by a lab to develop a cure for cancer, apparently. Oh, nice. That's pretty awesome. Very. And that's going to come back to feature later on in the episode. Well, not not the cancer, but (laughs) her intellect. (laughs) Drummer Michael Collins, not to be confused with Irish freedom fighter of the same name. Riddle, riddle. What are you going around riddling people for? Uh, I need some water. Hang on. Michael has run businesses. (laughs) I don't make. Do not make me spit water all all over my computer, man. (laughs) I can't afford a new. (laughs) Oh my god! He actually did. Jay. (laughs) You lovely gentleman. Oh man! Right, carry on. Sorry about that one, Chief. So, Michael has run businesses in the US and China and jammed with friends of the show, The Root. (laughs) Lastly, bassist Sergio Marticorena. That's a name. I hope I say that right. Sergio Marticorena, whose bio on the website lists him as the proud owner of a couple of sassy cats and a ball python as well as a master cocktail maker and a facial hair enthusiast. He sounds like a top guy. He sounds like our kind of guy. I wonder if he likes Sexy Beast. Everyone likes Sexy Beast. It's a great film. Not this time, girl. Not this time. Not this f***ing time. No! No, 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 no! No! No, 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 no! No! Not this f***ing time! No f***ing way! No f***ing way! No f***ing way! No f***ing way! You made me look alright. Feel Again is the debut album by The Spirit Machines, and they released the record this year. A quote from their website is, There are no special effects or artificial instruments. Every part was written, played, and tracked by the respective members. Feel Again was recorded in Led Zeppelin live off the floor style, which is actually my kind of recording, Jake. Yeah, I'm a big fan of doing things that way. I I knew that we had to do this live um, because to make 11 songs like from scratch was going to be an albatross of of time and uh, arguing about how things should sound. Uh, so I, I knew that we had to, to come together at the same time and record at least the bass tracks. Um, so we went to the studio back in my home called Chill House Studios in Charlestown, Massachusetts. So we go there and we, uh, Will Holland is the, the engineer there, the producer. We went there, tracked most of the songs live. Uh, Will Holland is the, the guy that really pushed us along in the process, which was a three-day process. Shall we uh, shall we listen to the tracks? Yes, please. Need a ride. I found my 
the opening track, Jake, is Watch It Burn. Watch It Burn. This is a bit of a hard hitter, I found, opening mm. with a dissonant riff. Rather helpfully, unlike John Martin from the previous episode, the band don't mind putting their lyrical intentions out there. Yes. Uh, the website puts forward a brief blurb for every song. Thank you so much. I know. This song's blurb is, oh, and I come complete with, quote, Shed your skin, watch it burn. What does scars mean to you? Watch it burn asks the listener to step into the present, finally finding the empowerment that can come from digging deep and releasing yourself from the shackles of past wounds. Beautifully read. Thank you. It's all right. First try as well. Watch It Burn, Jake, is not my favourite track on the record. No? I understand its place in the opening song because of its energy, but Mm. ultimately I feel that it actually gives the wrong impression of the band and better songs follow it. Actually, yeah. Yeah, now you say that, I can can see where, where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah, I don't think it is a good opener though. It's a good opener, but it's it's just like I think the 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 following songs are actually stronger songs. Yeah, and you know when you when you think about the order of things, you can listen to that opening track and you know you're setting up the wrong image for your band in a way. Yeah, um, uh, but I, I, do, I do have to it say it works. Like just going for more sort of broad strokes rather than just just the specific song. The album, the, the way they've set it out, it's not front. Like a lot of the albums we've done have been very front loaded, top heavy sort of things. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I feel they've done a better job of spreading out. Yeah. what they've got. I well, I I agree. I think the track listing is actually pretty well thought of. Um, mm. Aside from this track being first, Fair but enough. that's okay. I I know I totally agree with you there. Um, there's a nice psychedelic bridge mm. as well. The next song then is Eye of the Storm. For me, this is where the song or the album immediately takes a turn for the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The blurb for this song is, In the eye of the storm, I walk away. At the peak of the emotion's intensity, we often resist, trying to imagine we have control over the cosmos. Eye of the Storm is about letting go and giving in to your higher purpose just as a sailor must release the sails in the storm to avoid capsizing. In our world, we often feel that we must keep fighting at all costs, afraid to abandon our dreams. I, the storm, offers up a new perspective, a new journey. So I, I really like the selective double tracking on the vocals in the verse. The harmony vocals in the chorus are also a nice touch. Mm. The transition from the chorus back into the verse shows really great dynamic awareness and creative guitar parts. The band may really not appreciate this comparison. But I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I equate the songwriting on this song with the peak all-killer-no-filler phase of Sum 41. Oh, really? Oh, that's a very some different great riffage. to what I went yeah. for. Oh, well, I was singing there's some great riffage followed mm. by a great kind of pop sensibility in the harmonised vocals. It's really mm. impressive. Mm. What were you going for? Well, I've, I got a very Smashing Pumpkins vibe from it. Like, back before they went, you know, rubbish. Uh <laughs> Big Smashing Pumpkins vibe. Um, although I was listening to it again earlier, and I was kind of thinking, oh, I really like the chorus, really like the chorus. And I was like, it's Everlong. That, that's Everlong. All I can hear is Everlong now. <laughs> it, it's not Everlong, but it's like the same progression with a very similar yeah, yeah. sort of rhythm feel to it. And I was just like, now I just get a picture of Dave Grohl with his massive hand beating people upside oh, right. the head. <laughs> 
I was literally thinking, does he have massive hands? No, in the video, I'm with, I'm with you. Yeah, 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 I'm with you now. I'm where he grows up the hands, and then I was thinking of Wayne Coyne with like massive laser hands. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> The third song is Portland. Quite a subtle and subdued song with a really solid halftime groove. This band really kind of digs their halftime grooves. Yeah. I, I, There's a lot of halftime groove happening. A lot of halftime, particularly like throughout the middle of the album. Yeah. And we'll get onto that later because I do take a bit of umbrage a little uh, bit later on. See, I, yeah. I was kind of was a bit the other way around. I didn't mind it for the later ons, but this that kind of um, particularly like the opening guitar bits. I'm just kind of like whenever yeah. I hear songs like that, I'm just like instantly. I don't know what it is about it. It just instantly kind of makes me go, Ugh, not for me. But when then once everything else comes in, it's like, oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the blurb for this song is, I forgot my name just to forget your face. Every year, fed up and disillusioned, Salt Lakers quit their jobs, take their addictions on the road in some sort of West Coast pilgrimage. Portland is a song about how rugged individualism can lead to isolation, a reminder that wherever you go, there you are. The band is really educated, mm. and I, I dig that. I really dig that. Like They are clearly educated. Later on, we're going to be talking about novels and plays and quotes and oh it's all it's wow. also exciting to have people that are creating kind of hard hard rock music but they're also coming from a very artistic sense yeah brilliant yeah my yeah. initial thought uh of this track is that it just could do with some reverb only to make it sound a little bit bigger and atmospheric um as it's just a little bit too dry for my taste Mm. Although the dryness and lack of reverb almost simulate the isolation that they're talking about. I see that your eyes are sore. There will be no witnesses to speak or greet it anymore. I will marry the band are really tight in the verses, especially with the breaks. And there's some really nice, tasteful soloing. It would be easy to overplay on this song, but it's kept quite short and subdued. Echoing Sound is the next song, Jake. Echoing Sound. The blurb for this song is, In a psychic cave, a warning dissolves from my mouth. In John Steinbeck's novel, The Pearl, poor family discovers how the richest treasure can become a curse that ultimately must be cast back into the ocean. Echoing Sound is about that bolt of lightning comes to shake you awake, challenging you to become your own hero. If you could go back in time, could you stop yourself from giving in to temptation? Would you? Dun, dun, dun! Wow. That's some, uh, that's some Dark Knight stuff right there. Oh, I love it, though. This is, this is what I mean. Now we're, now we're actually referencing John Steinbeck. I mean, obviously, we're doing John Steinbeck in Year 9 English at the moment. We're doing um, Of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I it's didn't do my didn't do my cement for my uh, the set I was in. What did you do? We had to do Lord of the Bloody Flies. I, uh, I did Lord of the Lord Flies. Of the Blo- I did Lord of the Flies too. I, hated I really it. don't. It's just a bad book. But then of my cement's <laughs> not great either. I mean, mostly it's chosen because it's short and you can get through it really, really quick. I I think that's why they do um, Lord of the Flies as well. Yeah, it's yeah. like anyhow, uh, Lord of the Flies. That plus, was terrible. There's, plus, there's good films about both. Yeah. I don't once again the Lord of the Flies film's not great. No, but of mice and men, Gary Sinise and uh, John Malkovich, mind it, right? I really enjoy the crisp entry of the band over the top of the guitar riff. (laughs) 
I enjoy the subtle re-entry after the chorus. I find the rhythm in the lyrics to be quite hypnotising, almost like uh, backbeat the word is on the street in Wonderwall. A panic looking around, bounce back, the wreath of time is flat. Very nice. Yeah. Now the next song is Peace. This this is where the album takes a bit of a dip for me. I I wasn't so keen on this song. Not to say that it's a bad song. Just it didn't quite capture me like the other one did. But ironically, I've probably got more notes for this one than any other. Really? Yeah. Okay. It always seems to be the way. The song that I don't enjoy the most is always the I, one I that I get all the, the notes thing is, from. It's always easier to write about something you don't like, though, I or suppose. don't like as much, yeah. you know, because it's it's, it's easier to criticise than it is to be like, man, this is really good and here's why. Yeah, yeah. But I really struggle to say why I think something's really good. Yeah. Whereas if I know why I don't like something, you know. This is true. Uh, or rather, you know. with this, it's it's quite easy to fall into that producer seat and be like, oh, I'd put on reverb here, I'd double track this, I would do this, I'd do that. Well, the blurb for this song is, uh, she's got a gun and a plan. Peace illustrates the subtext beneath everyday domestic standoffs that can escalate into acts of violence. Through Utah, oh sorry, though Utah has one of the highest rates of domestic violence, it's rarely addressed until it becomes breaking news. In peace, it is difficult to see who is the victim and who is the aggressor. It asks what is self-defense and what are good intentions. Both partners claim they come in peace. Oh, I see what they did there. You have a kind of peace. Nice. Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah. I really like Mm. the swelling guitar in the introduction. I find it quite haunting. I think he's just violining it, isn't he, with the the volume knob or maybe... It sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, I think he is. And here comes the criticism. The entry of the drums. You know I like my drums. The entry of the drums is just a little dry. If they had some more ambience on the drums, it would make it sound a lot more dramatic, which might not be what they were going for. Uh, but I was thinking maybe not Phil Collins' epic, but perhaps like. When the levee breaks. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, that's a it shout. would just be a bit better if in my mind, if the if there was a bit more going on on the drums, not necessarily with what he's playing, but more how he's playing it or how they've captured the sound. Yeah, just, even just how they've sat it in the mix, even. Yeah, it would just you know. pop that song out a bit more. Um, the bridge, for me, is the most interesting part of the piece. Homer rhythms between the bass, drums and rhythm guitar with the droning lead guitar over the top, it adds a bit of menace to the song. I do quite like this one. Yeah. Um, I think I probably enjoy it more than you do. Um, yeah. I was listening to it, I was trying to think, all right, like I was saying earlier, why do I like this one? Uh, and then it struck me, placebo. I used to be massively into placebo okay. when I was uh, a young'un. And listening to this, I was just, uh, once again, just massively reminds me of Every Me, Every You. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, it's like one of the two placebo songs I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Like, if you go back, just have a listen into, well, verse and chorus of it. Once again, that's just the kind of vibe I get from it. Yeah. And I think that instantly puts me into a 
kind of almost like a fam- familiarial thing. So it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, I recognize this. I like this. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, there's I something, get what you mean. You know, um, <laughs> not, by the way, I'm not saying that you ripped off placebo, but say that's what it puts into my head and it puts me into that sort of space. Well, up until um, recently, we could say that they'd ripped off the vibe, but even that's now illegal. Well, yeah. And who do we have to thank for that? Oh, Fucking Marvin Gaye estate. Estate, Not Marvin yeah. Gaye himself. No, he's, no, no. He's he was shot been by dead his dad. for quite it's some really time. sad. Yeah. 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 Uh, R.I.P. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. The next song is The Changeling. Mm. Okay, the blurb for this song is... Why don't you read that one? Track six. The Changeling. Come home, my son, but I turn and run. In this sci-fi scape, we follow our hero, the prodigal son, as he rejects the path chosen for him by societal illusions. In ancient lore, a changeling is a child who has been stolen away and replaced with an imposter by evil fairies. A heavy metal-inspired romp... So I'm going to roll my R there. Romp. The changeling asks you if you could resist stealing the keys to the kingdom. It's very Neil Peart. It's very Rush, yeah. Play the Rush um, clip, please, Alex. Just got a bit of YYZ. Yeah. Which I sincerely I, I, hope they were influenced by. I, I, I hope so, yeah. I got a massive Rush vibe from this one. I was... I was surprised to see this song title on the album, and again, I'm I'm being a bit of a negative Nelly here. I went straight for it as I thought the band was doing a cover of The Changeling by The Doors. Oh, of course, yeah. I live all around I had money Although initially disappointed, the opening riff to this song is killer. Mm. There are some riffs on this record that are like long-standing riffs that I've been playing. Not exactly like that, but like these are riffs that are built into me from like when I was young, uh, learning how to play guitar. Um, But for the most part, you know, I'm like thinking through the record and, and most of it's like chord based uh, things. I, I, I would like to do more riff playing. Um, I don't know. You just, I mean, maybe we should play more riffs. I reckon it rivals that of White Limo. Sadly, for my, for my taste, and we've already kind of mentioned this, the riff is not paid off as the song slips into another halftime feel. It would have been great to hear a double-time Metallica thrash song. That's where I thought this song was going. That was actually Whiplash was also on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I think. Was it on one of them? That's where I think I first discovered it. Yeah. Ah. It might have been on like one of the undergrounds. I can't remember it on. You know, I really can't remember what was on the first game. First game was the Goldfinger song. It definitely wasn't on free. Was it Superman? Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyway, the double track vocals are really effective on this track. I know what you mean about the halftime thing. I I think that's a tool thing though, isn't it? A lot of tool stuff is very halftimey. Yeah. I guess I, I'm just coming from a more aggressive's not the right word, but more like kind of fast-paced background. I like I like to hear music that's really energetic, fast-paced. Mm. Well, it does it does say on here there are zero filler songs on this album. This album was not written for people with the attention span of a goldfish. Well, I don't think they're trying oh. to be like grabby. I think they're just doing the the thing that they want to do, which is oh, that's absolutely mm, fine. What they should do. The next song is appropriately titled 
Oh no, don't you dare. <laughs> Eagle. Would you like me to read the thing yeah. for this one? Oh yeah, please. You you did such a fine job. Track seven. Eagle. My regret, Where? Capulet. Hedge your bet. There is something primal about falling in love. Romeo and Juliet is a universal tragedy celebrated in every culture of the world. It's in our blood. Eagle is a dance around the campfire, a descent into the sacred heart where the shadows rise up to greet you. Well, I I like the groove and the vocals are really strong. The pre-chorus has excellent vocal ambience. Ambiance. The chorus has vocals that are again layered and harmonised. Pepper and I, we met each other in February of 2017. And within like a month and a half, it started kind of writing songs together, but then eventually started writing Eagle. And there was just like an epicness to it. It had many different parts. I've been, I have different kinds of songs that I write uh, all the time. And I think because of Say Anything, um, you know, I mentioned them before, they were very, their their record that I mentioned, Is a Real Boy, is a, a concept record. Uh, it's a rock drama, rock opera. Uh, so it's very dramatic. Things change, like, you know, immediately uh, to change scenes. And, you know, I kind of felt that way about Eagle when I was writing it. And that, that's what I was trying to do with it, um, is kind of like visually in your mind tell a story, uh, which is like what I do. The Guardian has claimed before that. Neil Finn is the master of middle eight melody. I might have to put forward that the Spirit Machines are reigning rhythmic middle eight rulers. My alliteration wasn't as good as the Guardians. (laughs) But take, for example, though, this song, majority of the rhythm has been really straightforward until we reach the bridge and suddenly the song, pardon the pun, takes flight. The song builds to a welcome guitar solo, which sounds like there's some kind of flanger, phaser, maybe auto wire on it. Yeah, it really does build up as well, actually, going into that solo. Like, that's where you get all yeah. the energy that you wanted in the last song. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Man, don't get me wrong, there's another song where they, they set this wicked groove, like, that's really groovy, and then all of a sudden, halfway through, they kick into double time, and I hate it. Like, it's that thing of, like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not happy. Um... I'm just not a happy man. I'm just not happy when I don't get what I want when I want it, damn it. Um, but anyway, it's okay. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, I really, really yeah. dig this one, actually. Yeah, I like that one, too. The next song, then, is Aconite. And again, we, we're getting a bit kind of... Yeah, so I know I know that the singer's a, a chemist, but this is like Heisenberg level stuff, <laughs> talking about aconite and poisoning and so on. The blurb for this song, Jake. <clears throat> Track eight, aconite. I am a child, toe dipped in the riptide. Wolfsbane or aconite is a purple hooded wildflower that has been used in traditional medicine for centuries. Like many drugs, the cure can become a poison if used incorrectly. Referred to by Shakespeare as the venom of suggestion. Aconite leads us into waters, uh, water, sorry, only to triumphantly emerge, not with the answers, but with the question. 
I liked your Shakespeare reading. That was very uh, Kenneth Brenner. S- uh, sorry, Sir <laughs> Kenneth Brenner. I'll, t- yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. that. I'll, I'll take uh, that. <laughs> so we're referencing Shakespeare in this song. We're referencing Henry the Fourth. That's awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. They wouldn't read Henry I the like Fourth. I like Metallica, but they're not referencing Shakespeare. You know, they're not being all highbrow and stuff. This is awesome. We're getting the best of both worlds. To be honest, though, if they tried, would you want to listen to that? Well, I listened to Lulu, okay? (laughs) I am the table. (laughs) Yeah. The less said about Lulu, the better. I mean, I heard heard something about the other day, Lars Ulrich doesn't want to do another documentary fly on the wall sort of thing because the reaction to some kind of monster was pretty bad. It's like, well, yeah, you were a massive dick. He has been in all of the documentaries, though, because he's a massive dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good healthy amount of reverb on the voice helping to create that atmosphere. I am a child Toe dipped in the riptide Eyes bright, mouth wide the song builds through the first verse and chorus to the entry of the drums and bass. Salt stings when you Undercurrent brings you Once they enter, though, the payoff is small. Perhaps the drum could have had the hats open slightly to kind of broaden the timbre, or maybe after the initial crash of the cymbals, which sounds fantastic... The drums just remain really dry. And again, that may totally be what they're going for, which is absolutely fine. It's just, for my taste, I'd like to hear a bit more atmosphere in there. There isn't much, really, there isn't that much more to point out in this song. It's just a good hard rocker. Yeah. I I'm, again, I'm thinking it's probably the, the thing about the drums is to do with the way it was recorded. Yeah. Just- I mean, don't get me wrong. My first recordings, the guy that was producing it was this uh, Thomas Goss, the guy that ran the School of Rock program, and his main production note on anything was like, yeah, can we get a touch more reverb there, man? (laughs) So I feel like a bit of a cop-out saying it, but by the same token, the drums are quite dry, and it would be nice to just get a little bit more room on them. Yeah. So that we we can just get a bit of that atmosphere. I mean, the guitars on this album just sound pretty phenomenal most of the time. I think there's a lot of care put into the guitar sound. Mm. But the drums, the parts are brilliant. They just haven't been captured very well, in my opinion. I'm wondering, how much of that is part of us? We're, we're, due to, we're, we're, due, we're used to hearing certain drum sounds, which are obviously just samples that are just put in. Uh, and obviously I'm going to assume they've just, they haven't done that. So I'm wondering how much of it is... Just it not being the the sample, mm. the three or four samples we're used to hearing in every record, or um... oh well, I guess so. But I mean, you you even with people like the Foo Fighters, you got to some sort of you got to have some sort of faith that Taylor Hawkins is actually playing those drum parts. Know, he doesn't have to bother turn up, does you he? Know, they're not just oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> The next song is The Beach. It's probably wrong of me. Again, I'm a negative Nelly, Debbie Downer. It's probably wrong of me to begin assuming what songs sound like based off their names. But again, I was left a little bit disappointed. Only by my over-eager mind wanting to hear a hard-rocking cover of Pure Shores by the All Saints. (laughs) Oh man, we talked about doing that for years. Yeah. Years and years and the years. The tentative link here is, of course, that Pure Shores was featured in the Leonardo DiCaprio film The Beach. The Beach. Yeah. And I defy you to find any other podcast that's brave enough to play clips by Metallica and Rush back to back with the All Saints. I was bit, there was another one we were going to cover. I think it was um, Frozen by Madonna. That might have been. Um, Maybe Ray of Light. Oh, not Ray of Light. Ray of Light's a banger. Peter Griffin already did the best version of that song there will ever be, so... You are true. Yeah, you are right. What's the point? Uh, okay, yeah. The the blurb for this song, Jake, is... Track nine, The Beach. While you're standing there with your dick in your hand, 
That's it. That's the end of the quote. Set in the real world, the beach follows the band as it tries to hold itself together through thick and thin. Even when there are times when you just want to drive the tour van right into the ocean. Lucy and Raw, this tune, like the waves, ebbs and flows in its plea for closure. I read that completely wrong because I didn't look ahead. And I assumed <laughs> when it was talking about waves, it was doing a metaphor that would then go back into a sentence. But I'm going to live with that. Somewhere along the way, we reach acceptance in the fact that as SLC, <clears throat> Salt Lake City, like Salt Lake City yeah. Evan Jed would say, nothing lasts. Well, the song opens with the sound of the ocean, a picked guitar and harmonised ooze. Sorry, that was uh, Again. Faith No More Easy. <laughs> oh, was that what that was? Yeah. yeah. Before it goes into I the thought that was some sort of like, like sexy yeah. porn music. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like like a kind of. That's what I thought it was. Um, Could be that as well. Again, yeah, a really strong vocal performance. And another strong contender for bridge composition. I'm frustrated and out on my ass. I'm crossfaded. All right. Bad connection. The intro. Got me thinking of like modern R&B. Or perhaps more than words. And that's not a dig because I really enjoy more than words. Is it possible to not like more than words? Uh, Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) However, the song does not become more than words. (laughs) uh, And it doesn't become a more than words sound like it moves into its own direction. I think it's just the... The way that he keeps uh, like slapping the strings back as he plays the chord. But, but, but. Was, was this the one where you were saying earlier and you got upset that it went into a full-time, uh, double-time rather thing? It might be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you want to do the blurb for this one? Oh, I suppose I can. Bad connection. I broke your favourite mug. What? Yeah, that's right. You Not f- the stormtrooper. The stormtrooper. Oh man, I'd be really upset if like my favourite mugs. Uh, I've still got that useless twat mug. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, you've had that for a long time. I've had that probably about twelve years. Uh, I'll be very upset when that breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I broke your favourite mug. Everyone knows that gut-wrenching feeling when you break your favourite mug and your mug's just there broken. (laughs) I actually had to read over my notes to make sure that that wasn't what they said. That's that's all me. That's all me. Yeah. Um, That's the quick mind of Jake. I am good. Available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. But not funerals. Make that mistake again. No, no. One was enough. Right. Everyone knows that gut-wrenching feeling when they realise something isn't quite right. Bad connection follows that intuition to the end of the line, past the symbolic clashes over the dishes and over cold, lonely nights spent in the doghouse. Despite the battles, bad connection ultimately pays homage to the flame that first lit the fire, even as it gutters out into the oblivion. Well, when the bass and the drums come in, they settle into a really, really solid and nice groove. You're breaking up. However, after the groove is established, they move into a rushing, rocky groove. Oh, 
Which wouldn't have been my choice, given how great the previous groove was. Although I guess the track needs to evolve and go somewhere. It can't just stay the same, but Mm. they had a really nice groove going and then all of a sudden they just went in the other direction, shall we say. Bad Connection is actually intended to be the final track on the album and it has a great ending with the band showing how tight they are. I think it's a decent ending to the album, especially the end with with that kind of tightness of the band. Yeah. 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 You're breaking out. I broke your favorite mind. You're breaking out from a bad connection. I think that's a really, really actually nice ending to the album. But wait, there's more. We've actually had access to a bonus track, so we're going to go through the bonus track as well. Bonus track. Yeah. Bonus track. Yeah. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. The blurb reads, Jake. It does. It reads. In this landscape, Mars is on the rise. In her famous poem, Maya Angelou declares, Still like dust, I rise. In trigger warning, those words are delivered to the raging beat of today's struggles, lit by the passion found in the hearts of those who reject the powers that be when they offer up the proverbial, let the meat cake. I can't do a French accent, so I'm not going to try. That's okay. Right now, at the zenith of crisis, is when we must join together, when we must continue to fight for what we believe in, no matter what. Well, I've got two notes for this for this one. Right. Finally, finally, they've let they've let Michael Collins wild on the drums. And I can understand the intention of leaving this song off the record because it doesn't quite seem as polished as the remaining 10, but those drums, man, are going wild. Yeah. He is off on one. It's brilliant. Really like it. Very nice. I I mean, I like the drumming. The rest of the song's a bit kind of hit and miss, but yeah. Yeah. You're a grumpy man today. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's that thing of like, uh, I've got to, I've got to remain critical. This is true, and we can't be nice just because they've reached out to us. No, but I mean, maybe, maybe that's the reason it's a bonus track. Maybe them, them themselves mm. feel it's it's not as strong, but it's still like, listen to these drums, guys. <laughs> that's what I was going for, anyway. That's fair enough. I think that's a fair, fair critique. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying that it's like dreadful, dreadful. I'm not saying that it's terrible. It's just not as good as some of the other songs on the record. They got some really good songs on this record. We've reached that point, Jake, where I've got the four questions for you. Lay it on me, Daddy O. The first of which, what is your favourite track? My favourite track is probably Eye of the Storm. Eye of the Storm. Mm. I'm tossed up. Eye of the Storm or Echoing Sound. I think Echoing Sound is my favourite. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. yeah. I really mm. like that one. Okay, well, that was, that was really quick today. That was really easy. They, yeah, they are really that. yeah. Okay, uh, the new question for you, Jake. Which song would you like to hear covered by another artist? I'd like to hear "I Have the Storm" done by the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that that would be pretty good, actually. Or "Peace" by Placebo. 
Yeah, okay. All but right. I'm going to stick with I have to storm Smashing Pumpkins because I have to give you one. So Okay. I'm going to go for Bad Connection by Black Flag. <laughs> yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, yeah. That is a Roland's rare. era, Black no. Flag. No, 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 the no, neck. No. If you want something Black yeah. Flag, it's got to be trigger warning, surely, with those, bad, with those manic drums. Ah, but Black Flag had so many different drummers. Oh, that's true. I don't know which one which one was on the record. I don't know enough about Black Flag, but that's a shout. Yeah, good mm, shout. Mm. Or flag. Eagle by the Eagles. No, the Changeling by Rush. Ooh, yeah, that's a shout. Yeah, yeah. It won't happen now, though. It won't happen. No, let's let's not go in there. It was his birthday yesterday. Oh, was it really? It's, oh. it's yeah, it's, oh. it's still sore. I don't get much support of of my Neil Neil <laughs> Peart. Like, adoration at home, no. Uh, okay, so Jake, where does Feel Again by the Spirit Machines rank in your top ten? Number eight. Number eight? <clears throat> Number eight? <clears throat> For me, I'm going to put, I think, at number nine. Number nine? No, I'm going to put this in at number eight. <clears throat> oh, so above Scott Walker, I don't. No, for me, it's just one below Scott Walker. So it is, mm. and that's high praise, people. That's above Amy Winehouse for Jake and Blake Mills. I really can't stand the production on that Amy Winehouse album. It's just Ronson, right? Mark Ronson, man, it's just like, like fair, uh, fair play to you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He can't look at a it's camera. Just... It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the final question, Jake. Is Feel Again by the Spirit Machines a sound purchase? Yeah. I, I would say absolutely. It's right from their band camp, uh, Yeah, right? so you can get it from their band camp. You can get it from their website. It's on Spotify, iTunes. It's Spotify. on all of, all of the places. Uh, but mm. I'm sure if you get it on Bandcamp, then you're actually getting money directly to them. Yeah, especially if you can do it at a point when they're doing one of their deals and they don't take Absolutely. a fee or anything. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out whether these guys are independent or whether they have some sort of backing or not. Yeah, I mean, oh, even if they are, even if they have got backing, they're still quite a small band comparatively, yeah. aren't yeah. they? So every but little like, helps, people. Absolutely. Yeah, take exactly. Take the Tesco approach. Yeah, but it's look, online. So. I I think it's a sound purchase. I think it's it's a it's a good album. There's some. Well, to put it, this, this is a bit salty, Jake. There's diamonds in the rough. You know, right? The album okay. itself is something that could, with a little bit more tweaking in the post production, could be really, really, really good. Just a couple of points in the post production that keep me from really, really digging my teeth into it. But I've I've really like it. I've Quite often, researching this album, just had it on in the background and gone, oh, whoops, I've finished the album. You know, and that's a good thing. That means that like, <laughs> I'm not stopping it and thing. starting it and having to really work my way through it. It's just, it's playing and I'm, I'm just nodding my head, tapping my foot along to it. Yeah. I, I, what I find as well, if an album kind of has that, if I get that vibe of an album, it kind of makes encourages me to want to go see them live as mm. well. Because generally... If it's just the production of an album that's put me put me off it, I'm more like, oh, I'll go see them live then if they're coming up this way because I bet it's really, really good. Yeah, live, well, absolutely. You know? And and by um, all accounts, their live show is actually pretty awesome. I think yeah. uh, Dave, the guitarist, um, likes to wear a fox. He, uh, that's a bit Peter Gabriel, actually. He did in the video. It's a bit Peter Gabriel that he, he wears like a fox mask. I only just put that together mm. now. I like it even more now. That's just bumped it up another place. So, Spirit Machines, feel again. Absolutely, I think that is a sound purchase. I am Stefan, and this was a sound purchase. A podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at stephsquatch.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle Steph Squatch Blog. 
Other episodes of The Sound Purchase are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and stephsquatch.com. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store to pick up a copy of Spirit Machines Feel Again. Or alternatively, as mentioned, head to their Bandcamp page and pay the money straight to them. Support local business and artists. This episode has been produced by Alex Shercliffe from Flying Dutchman.